he's standing there. It must be one of his sponsors. He's holding up this bike that can only be described as, you know, after you've finished getting sick. <laughs> that's how that's how much it's going to cost you, basically. €8,900. I'm putting that on my Christmas wish list. <laughs> It was a big day yesterday in the Roadman Cycling Podcast. Great excitement. The congratulations for coming in left, right and centre. We were getting bottles of champagne sent to us. I didn't get any of those bottles of champagne, (laughs) but... Welcome to the Roadman Cycling Podcast. My name is Anthony Walsh. Six days a week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey towards health, happiness and longevity. Now let's get into the show. It's episode 605 of the Roadman Cycling Podcast. It's Friday and Sarah's back with newbie questions. Before I jump into today's podcast, a little bit of business. I'm super proud to partner with a magazine I absolutely love, Cyclist Magazine, for today's podcast. Cyclist, if you don't know, it's a monthly magazine dedicated to the very best in the road cycling world. Every issue takes you on the best routes and gets you under the skin of the most iconic brands in the world of cycling. From the best bikes and kits to the best cycling destinations around the UK and Europe and the biggest names in the industry, Cyclist has you covered. Cyclists are offering an introductory offer to new subscribers where you can subscribe and get three issues for only £5. Claim this offer by using the link Cyclist co.uk forward slash roadman that's cyclist.co.uk forward slash roadman i'm gonna pop all the details for this amazing offer in the show notes go and check it out sarah welcome back to another friday in the hot seas icelandic air saga has been resolved we've microphones for the second week running you're no longer sitting on the floor life is looking good in the dog bed (laughs) the dog is back sitting in the dog bed here beside us a long running saga i know yeah well it's done now anyway how are you anthony i'm good i'm excited for christmas i'm starting to plan my gifts everybody christmas is anthony reverts back to being a (laughs) seven-year-old Christmas time. It's definitely his favourite time of the year. He says that Christmas is in his blood (laughs) and it becomes a whole thing from kind of the middle of November onwards. I'm not one of these Christmas Grinches like you and my sister to tell people exactly what they want for Christmas and then insist on it being wrapped up. That's just weird. Like, get me this. It's like, how's that a present? I don't know. I just hate getting shite that I'm never going to use and I'm never going to return anything either. So That's what Christmas I, is all about. I like telling people exactly what to get me. Don't worry, you'll be getting a, a long list this year. So what am I getting you this year? Another Adamo saddle. We have our full life savings wrapped up in <laughs> Adamo saddles for Sarah. I think they're 250 quid a pop and they're just littered around the house. You're never going to let me forget that. Every time every, every time we chat, you're like, your one has 750 euro of saddles in the house. <laughs> they're the only things I find comfortable, so... Peace of mind. It's completely priceless, isn't it? Paying full retail price for all of them as well. Shout out. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Adamo. (laughs) Um, Yeah, what's on your Christmas wish list? Maybe we should do a podcast, me and you, where we do kind of like a toy show. Gift guide. A gift guide for Christmas. Um, And if anybody has any suggestions for that or things that they would like to see featured. um, And then you can send the podcast on to your loved one. (laughs) <laughs> as kind of a, a, a hint hint maybe so let's get that set up so I've got one can I put one up yeah Adam Blyde's new gold bike it's very Kanye West oh it's absolutely hideous it's 
He looks, if you look, if you just Google this online, everybody, if you haven't seen a picture of it, it he's standing there. It must be one of his sponsors. He's holding up this bike that can only be described as, you know, after you've finished getting sick no, <laughs> and the no, bile no, no, starts no. coming up. It's like that weird yellow colour. It's gold. Yeah, it's gold plated. I think it's absolutely disgusting. We don't know what's gold plated. It could be solid no, it gold. Is, no, it's 24 karat gold plated. That's amazing. Is it? Yeah. It's bling. I want it. <laughs> Okay, we'll put it on the list. <laughs> we'll put it in the maybe column. Exactly. <laughs> uh, also, I've signed up for Badlands. It's not part of my Christmas wish list, but back to the desert we go. Mm, that's going to be brilliant. I was contemplating it and Anthony put the, the moxers on that. He's like, no, you'll die. Yeah, you will die. <laughs> like we've been doing a gravel spin on Fridays after the podcast and Sarah is improving we'll put her in the improver category but still a long way off being able to handle some of the gnarly descents and technical aspects and sleep deprivation like she didn't want to do an 8am start for <laughs> for a gravel ride so it's too early <laughs> fair enough that is fair enough okay so it was a big day yesterday in the roadman cycling podcast great excitement the congratulations for coming in left right and center we were getting bottles of champagne sent to us what happened? I didn't get any of those bottles of champagne. but we <laughs> Well, got, I don't drink, so... <laughs> we got featured in The Guardian. Well, when I say we got featured, Sarah was um, omitted, even though it was one of her questions that they featured in The Guardian, but they just gave honourable mention to the star of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a write-up about the Roadman Cycling Podcast in The Guardian on Thursdays. I'm going to put the link into the show notes because there's actually, 20, I think it's 24 or 25 apps and free things you can do to help with your mindset, motivation, fitness um, at this time of year. And we featured in it, which was so, so excited. But yeah, no, Anthony's been getting all the accolades for it. Yeah, it's because it's my podcast. <laughs> Get your own podcast there. Before we go into the questions, I just wanted to chat about cyclocross. And we have been watching the cyclocross events that have been happening over the last couple of weeks. And it kind of dawned on me that if you pay for a full year of Eurosport or GCN and you just use it for the road cycling season and you're watching Tour de France and the classics, you should really stick on the cyclocross races because they're so good, aren't they? They've been really good Anthony. Well Pickcock was back last weekend and it was like uh, someone created this uh, video meme online of a uh, old school Mario Kart music where he started middle of the group then he oh, I think he had a mechanical on the start line then he was last then he went through picking off people got back to first crashed and then finished second it was great drama <laughs> but really the big rivalries are starting next week because Matthew van der Poel and Wout van Aert are back and that's been one of the rivalries of a generation to really define cyclocross yeah they are going to meet for the first time in the cyclocross season on the 4th of December in Antwerp so everybody should definitely tune in they're going to meet six times over but we we have cyclocross Cross coming to Dublin on the 11th of December and we thought that White and Matthew Vanderpool were going to be there with Pickcock but uh, Vanderpool's not going to be in Dublin unfortunately so we're going to see Pickcock and White slog it out like there's loads of other brilliant guys as well that are in contention the one thing I will say is Pickcock's new world champs Pinarello is really nice this is fresh it's as fresh as Bloyd's gold plated boy <laughs> it's gorgeous Okay, so will we crack on into the questions? You ready? With these newbie questions. That's why we got the mention in The Guardian for newbie questions. <laughs> All the amazing interviews I have with physiologists, world tour riders, academics, newbie questions makes it into The Guardian. I think they called you likable in the article. 
I can neither confirm nor deny if Anthony is likeable. Okay, question number one. Anthony, can you explain how long a cyclocross race is? I can't understand it. It's as many laps in an hour plus one or two. Can you please shed some light on this? Yeah, you nailed it. It's as many laps as in an hour plus one or two. Uh, This is a similar template you see for criterium races, where the length of the race is one hour plus one or two laps. Uh, It's a very standard distance because otherwise it gets very difficult to count the laps in criteriums where it's like, you know, a hundred lap race. Uh, It starts being like, okay, how many is left to go? 92 or 91 laps to go. But you just race for an hour and at the end of the hour, just two laps left to go and Robert's your father's brother or Bob's your uncle. So hang on a second. So the race goes on for 60 minutes. Then the leaders cross the line at 60 minutes and then... There's two laps remaining. There's two laps remaining for everyone from that point. So the race all, even if someone down the back has been lapped two or three times. Yeah, but they're out of the race. They're out of the race, okay. So as soon as the race hits 60 minutes, no matter where it is on the course... As soon you come across the lap line. The lap line and then, and then you, you go two around... Left. Two one. laps or one lap left? Yeah, or three. Okay. And who? Well, how is that decided then? It's just course by course? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I find that kind of a little bit confusing myself. But um, but even when you've come out to watch me race in some of the criteriums like in Mondello, that's how we'll race there as well. 45 minutes racing plus two laps, plus yeah. three laps. Okay, okay, brilliant. Because it, it also, for pragmatic reasons, for criteriums in the evening like that, the racing could be fast or slow, so it gives you a predictable finish time because you're not sure if the race is going to go off at 50k an hour or 36k an hour. It's really, like I've said it a million times, but these uh, cyclocross races are brilliant for spectators because the riders are going by so many times. Like it's it's really cool. And the way that the lap on the cyclocross is done, you could kind of run from one side of the lap to the other. Oh, yeah, if that's you want what to they see do, them. Yeah. yeah. You see the guys on the telly and I, I think half these people are absolutely locked out yeah, of their they have heads. Yeah, between the two run across. <laughs> Anthony, living in the UK, it's now dark by 3.45 every evening. What does Anthony think of night riding? I live in a suburb but can be in the country lanes within 15 minutes. Is it madness? I mean, the roads can be a bit tricky with potholes, oncoming cars, etc. in broad daylight. But I'm already sick to my eye teeth of the indoor trainer and there's still a lot of winter to go. Go for it. Uh, yeah, riding at night's fun. I used to ride at night all the time. It was my midweek. I didn't have a turbo trainer, I don't think. Our turbo trainers were real bad when I got started. There's been a massive improvement in indoor trainers in the last, only, I'm going to say, three years, four years, since we got direct drive train turbo trainers. That's a tongue twister for you. Mm-hmm. Direct drive train turbo trainers. But yeah, up to that point, turbo trainers were shocking where you had to clamp your back wheel into it, your tyre would get ruined. Then there was all these sort of weird wives' tales where if you put vinegar on your tyre, it stops the wear. Then you have this weird vinegar smell all over your house when you're trying to do sessions. It just, it wasn't a pleasant experience. So I opted to do most of my sessions outside, even in the evening. So I'd come home from college sometimes late, like eight, nine o'clock in the evening. I wouldn't be on the road till half nine. But as long as you have a good set of lights, you've got some high vis, you are good to go in the evening. Uh, for Badlands this year, I got a brilliant set of lights by a brand called Exposure. Again, not sponsored at all, full retail price, but they were phenomenal. I think, I can't remember how the lumens work, but we were calculating it, weren't they? Like four times brighter than a car headlight. So they yeah. really light up potholes and, you know, those sort of things that are difficult to perceive at night, like the depth of something. My depth perception isn't brilliant at night. So they really help with that. Yeah, this is definitely something I wouldn't do as a newbie. I It would just freak me out too much. I think for me, 
if it's dark outside, I don't want to be out on the bike, but that's just a personal thing. I w- would be way too nervous. But I guess if you feel confident on it, I know one of the guys that we ride with, he put a poll up last week on his Instagram and, you know, whether to do night riding or not. I think like 75, 80% of people said they were going to do it. So... Well, also night riding in mountain bike community is, mm. that's been going for years and that, I've never actually done that myself. It's meant to be amazing fun through the trails and forests at night and I have some friends that ride their gravel bikes up on the trails in the Wicklow Mountains at night and they absolutely love it so maybe, yeah, maybe it's something I'll explore this year but it's just it's a bit more miserable at night isn't it it's colder and it's uh, I think if you can tweak your indoor trainer experience it's not so bad like you know contrasting being out in the dark and the cold and the wind and the rain versus being inside nice fan nice setup your stages SB20 bike it's not so bad <laughs> so if you are going to spend 200 quid on a Varia backlight and a front light you know maybe put that money into making your indoor setup a little bit more sleek and stay inside well, that Varia light's really interesting because that's the one I don't know how suitable it is for a night because I don't know how many lumens it is but that's the one that pairs with the Garmin as a radar and shows you when cars are approaching from behind the technology in cycling these days it's getting unbelievable yeah it is it's really cool okay for me it's a no for anthony it's a yeah go for it (laughs) question number three i'm an absolute newbie um so thank you for this segment even though it's called newbie questions sometimes the questions and answers go right over my head and i feel the segment should be called newbie slash intermediate questions do you agree with that anthony I don't know. Well, we won't rename it, but we'll take it under advisement. <laughs> but here is a very genuine newbie question. Should I ride on the drops or is this for the pros? Last week, you talked about always being on the drops when you're sprinting. And by the way, I had to look up what drops and hoods meant. So this is a very newbie person. I'm a long way from being a sprinter, but what about when I'm out riding solo or in my group spin? Thank you for your help. Choice. How would you answer that question, Sarah? I have just started riding on my drops in the last kind of six or seven months. I was always very nervous to get on them. I felt a little bit out of control. And I also, due to my saddle and my bike fit, didn't feel comfortable. Similar plug for Damo, saddle's coming here. <laughs> but it was putting a lot of pressure, even more pressure, in some very sensitive areas <laughs> being on the drops because you're in a more forward position. But now I'm much more comfortable on the bike and I find on my gravel bike, I'm so comfortable on the drops. If I'm hitting a big headwind, I'll be on my drop. If I'm out riding solo, I'll be on my drops all the time, just trying to get a little bit lower and a little bit more aero for um, a headwind. Um... And since I started riding, Anthony has been encouraging me to be on the drops, particularly going downhill, which I'm not that uh, confident to do just quite yet. So you do get a lot more speed and apparently you have a lot more control. My problem is that I'm still kind of getting used to being on the drops and being able to, you know, get my hand position right. So I feel comfortable that if something does happen, I'm able to like, you know, get a handful of the brakes quick enough. That was kind of my initial um, fear with it. But I'm getting there slowly but surely. Every ride I'm out on my own, I try to do some, uh, you know, at least a third of it on the drops if it suits just so I'm kind of getting a little bit more comfortable manoeuvring around it. But it is a really, really comfortable way of riding your bike and switching up your position. If you're getting a little bit of lower back pain or your glutes are at you, if you're comfortable to go down on the drops, it can help make your ride a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, I think it's a good answer, Sarah. I think it's a 
it's as arbitrary to ride the hoods as it is the drops. You have two positions there. So mix it up and try and ride one 50% of the time. The other, there is times when it makes more sense to be in the drops. You're weighting the front wheel more. So you have more traction on the front wheel. So if you're going through a corner at speed, it makes more sense to be in the drops. If you're on a descent and you're going at speed through corners, again, you're going to have a better feel for the bike on the drops. Technical descents on gravel bike, it's going to make more sense again in the drops. Uh, if the hill is too steep, it's maybe not a brilliant time to be mm. in the drops because you want to try and get that weight a little further back. And especially newbies find it easier to be on the hoods and get that weight a little further back. I think a lot of people have an issue with riding the drops initially because, especially girls, because they have smaller hands and their brake levers are out of reach when they're in the drops. But most brands, you can adjust the reach on brake levers, which brings them in a little bit, which makes it easier to ride the drops. But yeah, I think Sarah covered that one pretty well. Yeah, I think it, once you kind of get used to start riding on the drops, Joyce, when you're on the hoods, you're going to feel like a big sail. And he'll be like, this feels weird. I want to get down lower. I want to get a little bit faster. So yeah, try it on your own first before you start doing it in a group and get a little bit more comfy with it then. <laughs> tech for us this week or are we abandoning tech corner no we have tech um i want to talk about something that you and i are big fans of and that is e-road bikes i just think they're fantastic and bmc have just launched a new one and i love the name it's called road machine <laughs> bmc have cool names their time trial bike used to just captivate me back in the day it was called the, T- the bmc time machine oh that's cool what a cool name for a tt bike <laughs> that is that's pretty awesome um have you ever had a bmc bike no too expensive for me right okay out of your price range but yeah they've just launched a new road machine which is awesome i didn't know that bmc but they're a swiss brand so it's cool to kind of see this brand bringing out e-road bikes and it's not their first e-road bike but they've kind of iterated on their first one and this seems to be really really cool it's this is a very very high-end model so it's built around a mid-drive motor personally i have no idea what that is um i'm sure it's very important in making this very efficient but it does say that provides the power necessary for the bike to reach 28 miles per hour and it still remains quiet when it's up at that speed. Again, I didn't know this, but some of the markets outside of the United States have legal speed caps on their e-bikes. Did you know that? Yeah, that's what they all cut out. Even the like line bikes around London, the rental ones, they cut out at a certain speed. That's the legal cap on them. Okay, that's fair enough. 28 miles per hour, that seems very, very high. That's like almost 40 kilometers an hour. It's more than 40 kilometers an hour. 25 miles an hour is 40 kilometers an hour. Wow, yeah, so you're really, really uh, clipping along there um, on that. So basically, the motor takes up a smaller footprint and it integrates into the bottom bracket area. It's a pretty looking bike. It looks really nice. And it kind of keeps the bike looking like a road bike rather than an e-bike. So it's really, really cool. It will set you back though a pretty penny. Now they've priced it here at $8,899. Who do they think they're kidding with those 8899s? <laughs> I don't think that works on anyone anymore, does it? That's how that's how much it's going to cost you basically, €8,900. I'm putting it on my Christmas wish list. Sarah, thanks for <laughs> chatting. You're welcome. Go check out the Fred Roy episode. It was the best one I dropped this week. And Sarah will be back tomorrow again with newbie questions. In the meantime, you can follow us or check us out over on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. All them links are in today's show notes. Thanks for chatting. Talk soon. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Have you ever wondered how good you could actually be? Each of us has a unique set of circumstances with work, family and social obligations, but we also want to fulfill our potential in cycling. Okay, okay, maybe you won't ever win the Tour de France, but for most of us, this is what cycling is about. So let us build you the perfect training plan around your lifestyle that's totally unique to you and will help you finally realize your cycling dreams. So whether you're just getting started on the bike or if you're a more seasoned cyclist, we have a suitable coach for you. So why not schedule a call with us and we can have a chat about how we can help you go further than you ever dreamed of in your cycling and fitness goals. Go to roadmancycling.com forward slash contact or pop me an email directly to sarah at roadmancycling.com.